We are finally back in the building. What is good, everybody? Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast back. Today is the season two pilot. We are finally going to be back on a consistent schedule. I'm so excited. Now, listen, for my people who don't know what has been going on with Fantastic Hip Hop with me, I'm sure you guys do because I have literally one of the most loyal followings like I've ever seen. I absolutely love every single one of my supporters. But for the people who don't, we got banned on Instagram, obviously. The old page with almost 20K got clipped in June. So much other drama, so much other shit has happened. And on top of all the other hip hop stuff going on, all of the, you know, bullshit, the setbacks that a lot of these, you know, content platforms that I use have put me through, I live a life. Like, I'm a full-time student. I work some jobs. I have a social life, believe it or not. Like, I got a lot of shit going on. So, like, I just haven't had time to, you know, work on consistent episodes of this show. But season one is over. And, um, you know, my man, Anthony Justice, who is the co-host of season one, will be back. He's just, you know, spending a little time in the can. He's been a little busy, but he'll be back for the next coming episodes. But today... We're going to be talking about our Rolling Loud experience or my Rolling Loud experience in New York, City Fields, home of the Mets, home of mediocrity. We are going to be talking about this weekend. It was absolutely insane. So many great performers. Just to give you the headliners, we had 50 Cent on Thursday, J. Cole on Friday, Travis Scott on Saturday, and there was just so many other guys. So I'm going to be telling you about who I saw, what was going on, some crazy stories. And if you've never been to a festival, listen to what I'm saying and, you know, find out if it was worth it for you. Now, to give you some backstory about me wanting to go to Rolling Loud, obviously, I love hip hop. And some people will say, Mr. Rep, how the fuck have you not been to a hip hop festival? You proclaim yourself to be this ultimate hip hop fan, this ultimate hip hop giga virgin, which is what some of you guys call me. I'm paraphrasing. I don't call myself that. I got self-respect. But some of you guys, you know, are like, how have you never been to Rolling Loud? Have you never been to a festival? How have you never done this? What the hell is wrong with you? Well, I had tickets in 2019 for the first Rolling Loud in New York, which was headlined by Wu-Tang Clan, ASAP Rocky, and Travis Scott. I got sick, wasn't able to go, was super upset about it. And I was like, okay, I'll go next year. And what happens next year? We have the fucking COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, nothing was going on then, especially in New York. It's such a highly populated area. Nothing was going on. So we got to wait another year. Well, two years later, my dreams finally come true. And I have went to Rolling Loud in New York. And it was worth it. It was worth the wait. It was worth every dollar I spent, which I spent $550 on the ticket alone, not counting, you know, the train fare to travel from my house to City Field every day, the food, which I wasted a shit ton on. I mean, it was 15 bucks for a fucking half a cheesesteak. Now, the cheesesteak did slap, but 15 bucks for half a cheesesteak? Get the fuck out of here. I'll go to McDonald's, get fucking food, get a whole feast for six bucks. I mean... That was ridiculous, but I mean, what do you expect? Arena prices, drinks were five bucks. They ran out of water almost every day. There was, you know, a lot of money spent. I probably spent nearly $1,000 on overall the entire experience. Um, one thing I do recommend, wait out getting tickets. I know people who waited longer got some cheaper tickets, but for me, I was literally driving at my graduation back in high school in June. They dropped the tickets, stopped the car, almost caused an accident, and just bought the tickets immediately because I wanted to go that bad. Me and a couple of my friends bought the tickets. We were super excited, and I've just been counting down the days for this. No matter what's been going on, I'm like, okay. I am just waiting to see all these people. I'm so excited. So excited to see J. Cole, Playboy Cardi, Chief Keef, all these guys. I just cannot wait. So finally get to the festival Thursday, four o'clock. 
got to, you know, show the vaccine card, the ID, very secure, give you all your bands, check in. First person I see, IDK. Now, for you guys who know IDK, I know he's, you know, a lot of people love him. A lot of people loved his last album. You see for yourself, I fucking hated it. I gave it a 4.8. I thought it was just a disjointed mess. And so, you know, I do like him, but it was just kind of funny. There was one of the three stages, the Audio Max stage, and it just kept having rappers who I absolutely slammed on it. I mean, I don't know. He did put on a great performance, a lot of energy, a lot of fun, but it was just, you know, generally funny for me as, you know, a hip hop reviewer to see all these mid artists, they're not mid artists, but all these artists who have had albums that I've slammed just performing the same stage. Just to give you some more insight, Rico Nasty, who I gave her album a two last year, was on that same stage. Trippy Red, who I gave a one, a two, and a four to, was on that same stage. So it was just a lot of funny characters. But I mean, you know, that was cool, but we obviously did not spend $550 as the IDK. Show goes on, the day goes on. We see Young Ma. Funny story here. She performs her flagship single, Ooh. And um, you know, something which I'm sure if you've ever been to a show, if you ever watched a video of anyone performing, they, you know, the artists interact with the crowd. Let the crowd sing. Got a popular song. Let them know the words. Let's hit it. So she's singing ooh. And she just stops, puts the mic to the crowd, expecting everyone to sing the signature part. You call it a Stephanie, I call it a Hefeney, which I'm sure everybody knows this song. If you haven't, you probably never were a part of middle school dance culture, which I mean, if you aren't, what is wrong with you? But, um, you know, so pretty much puts the mic on the crowd. Nobody says anything. And I'm in the back because I just got there. I'm not running to the front for young MA. I don't care enough, <laughs> even though I do think she's a dope artist, just not for me, not one of my favorites. So I'm just chilling in the back, enjoying it. And nobody is saying anything. I'm like, this is fucking awkward. I, I, I was like, I, you know, it's my, my first concert, my first festival. And this is the second performance I'm seeing. And this is going on. I'm like, all right, get her off stage. Finally gets off. And the next performer is Fetty Wap. Now, if you've read the headlines recently, Fetty Wap may be facing life in prison for carrying so many, I think it was 100 kilos, a bunch of illegal substances, cocaine, heroin. I think, you know, there was just a bunch of other shit, but whatever. So Fetty Wap didn't show up because he literally checked in. They found that on him. And now he is potentially going to be in jail for the rest of his life. Now, fortunately, after, you know, Young Ma, who was just kind of boring in her performance, didn't really have a lot of energy, and the no-show of Fetty Wap, who comes next? Joey fucking badass. And um, obviously, one of the better rappers of the last decade has so many great songs. There's a great blend between both passionate, integral music and high-energy music that can fucking get a crowd going. And Joey did absolutely that. Came out to Rockabye Baby. People were going crazy. Played some unreleased music. People were going crazy. Paper Trail, Christ Conscious, devastated. The only thing I was a little disappointed about is he did not play any 1999. I was maybe expecting a survival tactics, a waves, something, but nothing. But I'm not going to complain. Only had 45 minutes to put on a set. Wanted to tease fans, play the most recent stuff. I get it, Joey. You're performing at Rolling Loud. This isn't, you know, your core fan base per se. Put on a great show. Did Temptation, which was just one of the most beautiful performances of the entire weekend. Everyone had their lighters up. No one was moshing for this. You know, it's a slow, it's a smooth song. It's just vibing, getting along. It was a beautiful moment. And one of my favorite songs that was performed in the entire weekend. So Joey sets the tone right. 
And now this is the main stage. There was three stages, the audio Mac stage, which had some really good performers on it. Then they had the drip stage, which I did not go to once. There were some guys on it who were really good, like JID, but I just was not able to see them. A lot of the time with these festivals, for people who have never been, you have to choose between who you have to see. There are certain artists who perform at certain times on different stages, and there's some tough decisions, which I will tell you about later. Like J. Cole and Playboy Cardi performed at the same time, but we will talk about that later. But I mean... This was just insane. So the main stage, Joey Badass. Now, who's after Joey Badass? Polo G. Polo G put on a great show, performed a lot of his bangers from his three albums, played some unreleased tracks, played some leaked stuff. It was just so much fun. He put on really like just everyone was having a good time. And you know me, I do like Polo G. I do think he's good. But, you know, there is a certain demographic of fans when it comes to a Polo G thing. You know, they're not the same hip hop fans of a Joey Badass or, you know, a Griselda, whoever else is a, you know, a critically acclaimed rapper. This is a mainstream commercial mogul, and I'm having fun. So I'm going up to people. I'm going, who's your top five? My top five is Polo G, Polo G, Polo G, Polo G, and Polo G. And we're just getting hype. People were like, yeah, Polo G the GOAT. I was just, you know, egging these people on. It was super funny. It was a super good time. The music was good. The people were good. What else can you ask for? Now, following up Polo G, we have Jack Harlow, and this guy is honestly like one of the most awesome people on the planet right now. I would love to hang out with this guy. He is just so cool. Now, his music isn't the most engaging. Obviously, he's not better than Joey Badass. He's not better than Polo G, in my opinion, but he is really fun. Now, he kind of put on an interesting show in the sense that he wasn't really just performing his music. He kept conversing with the audience, making jokes. He had so much great commentary, which just added so much. The show was almost like watching a stand-up rap show, like stand-up comedy with hip-hop. It was awesome. Now, the highlight of his show, first of all, comes out to Tyler Harrow, which has been like his signature thing. I'm sure you've seen it on other festivals, Rolling Loud Miami, Lollapalooza, coming out. Everyone was going crazy. He did the same thing, and I was so excited for that. But then the other part of the show, which was so great, is he performed Industry Baby, the number one song in the world right now, for the first time live. And how do you up performing your number one record live? You bring out the other artist on the track, Lil Nas X. And Lil Nas comes out in this drippy jacket. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it on the screen. It was just awesome. It was so great. They were having so much fun. It was awesome. Jack Harlow put on a great show. Now, after Jack Harlow and before Lil Uzi Vert, who was, you know, the second to last act of the night, Bobby Shmurda came out for a quick but hilarious performance this was one of the funniest things that i've seen in the past couple of years comes out with a crew of just absolute goons there was a guy with wings on his back and a baseball helmet and like a bunch of them had bags of weed like these big like like almost like santa claus bags of weed and they just started throwing them all over you know throwing them into the crowd throwing them off the stage which i guess was against you know the protocol they're not allowed to do that so they had to then delay uzi to pick up all the weed after Bobby Shmurda. But Bobby Shmurda, he started at 7.10, he was supposed to. He didn't come out till 7.14, so he was behind on his set. So he didn't get to finish his set, and he didn't get to finish the song's Computers, which is, you know, one of his most iconic songs, obviously, and then Hot Friend, which is his, you know, defining hit. So he got really angry. They cut him off, and he threw an absolute fit. He started stomping, flipping people off. It was really funny to watch. I started a Bobby chant. I started going, Bobby, Bobby. And everyone started doing it. It felt so fucking good to be the one to start that. But then he walks off. And that was the end of that. I don't think Bobby Shmurda, he was supposed to be the special guest. 
I don't think um, he'll ever be back at Rolling Cloud after that absolute hilarious but disaster of a performance. Now, after Bobby Schmurda setting the bar high, obviously so much momentum being built up between all these great artists who have just added such a good, fun show. Lil Uzi comes out, and Uzi comes out with a bang. He's playing songs off his upcoming album, The Pink Tape, and it was fucking awesome. We were moshing. There were so many people for Uzi. The other shows were pretty fairly packed. There was mosh pits. They were crazy, but you could stand around. Uzi, people were falling, twisting, turning, and I was really close to Uzi, but Uzi was just he was the man. I mean, you can see it if you're on the YouTube stream. He had his earmuffs on. He was vibing out. He was just so cool. The energy he brought was crazy. The mosh pits were crazy. Probably the second craziest or third craziest mosh pits of the whole entire show, besides Travis Scott and Playboy Cardi, which we'll talk about later. This guy was just crazy, though. Such a good time with Lil Uzi. Played a lot of his bangers from, you know, across all of his different albums from, you know, Myron, Money Longer. There was everything played. And he played some snippets again, which was just awesome to see. He only played, though, one song from Eternal Take, which was Pop. And if you know me, I have said Pop is the worst song on Eternal Take. It did slap, though, in concert. But still, I was a little disappointed about that. I mean, that's your flagship album, and it's a great album. Perform more songs. He could have easily performed Prices or, you know, whatever, Homecoming. I don't know. But that was a little disappointing. But then 50 Cent, who was the headliner of the night, and now another guy who I didn't get to see, but I did watch the recap of his performance, J.I.D., performed at 8.30 on the drip stage, which was just too far. And I was too tired after Uzi to go hike all the way there. So I didn't get to see it. But J.I.D. did put on a great show. I did hear him literally performing Never from the other side of City Field, which was just absolutely amazing. He had so much energy, and he did bring out Joey Badass, I saw on Instagram. So that was great. J.I.D. put on a great show. 50 Cent, the headliner of the night, gets out there. And um, if you know me, I'm not the biggest fan of 50 Cent. I, I love the guy, but I do think his music is very overrated. But he put on a show. Live dancers, live bands, so many effects, fireworks, glitter, glamour. It was just awesome. He had a nice outfit on. He was very commanding. And now 50 knew his limitations. He knows he can't run for a whole hour-long set. So what did he do? He added excitement and he tied in, you know, his older music to, you know, some of the youthful crowd who doesn't really know a lot of his stuff there. He stopped the show. Well, he didn't stop the show. He actually did a very smooth transition to this segment. You know, and obviously he performed a lot of his hits, Many Man, Candy Shop, In the Club. Oh, he performed a lot of songs, a lot of songs, like more than anybody else, really. He just did it in a very condensed way. So he do like a hook and a verse off each song pretty much. But so there's a song he has called Yeah, Yeah with Don Q from A Boogie to Hoodie's High Bridge, the label, which A Boogie's also featured on. He was performing that song. Then A Boogie came out out of nowhere. Then A Boogie took over the show. The set changes. A Boogie's backdrop pops up on the screen, which I saw A Boogie live back in 2019. Same DJ set, same, you know, backdrop of his Hoodie Season album. And I was like, okay, did 50 Cent just dip? Did he just catfish everybody? Is he not coming back? A Boogie ended up performing four songs. He performed... Look back at it, drowning, hello, and shit, I don't remember the other one. Oh, swerving. That's what it was. Or no, it was um, it was no, it was swerving, yeah. So he performed four songs, but the reason why was because the sound guys kept fucking shit up. The audio wasn't working right, his mic was off, but also he was kind of a lousy performer, if I'm gonna be honest. He was messing up a lot of the words to his songs. 
he didn't have reference tracks behind him, which I will give credit. He was one of the only people before, besides 50 Cent, who didn't actually rap with their vocals behind them, which I give him respect for. But at the same time, just use the vocals if you don't know the words and you're not going to rap. So he kind of gave a little bit of a mid-performance. But as a boogie's walking off, you hear an iconic synth synthesizer. You hear the And if you know this song, you know the song. It's Lord Pretty Flacco Jordy 2 by ASAP Rocky. You hear this synth, and I go, oh, shit, oh, shit, because I know it's ASAP Rocky. I mean, again, it's fucking ASAP Rocky. That's one of his best, most popular songs. I know it's him. So people are like, what are you doing? What are you freaking out about? I'm like, ASAP, ASAP. And then the beat drops. He comes out in this drippy coat, in this drippy fur. It literally like a blanket, but it was a coat. It was sick, and the crowd goes crazy asap just had such a finesse over this crowd on the vibe it was absolutely awesome then asap is done and i'm like what the hell is going on who the hell's about to come out next and you know i'm like is eminem gonna come out is dr dre gonna come out who the hell knows then who comes out the baby and <laughs> this was pretty funny the baby literally like he just came out of nowhere i was like what's like you know new york rappers you had bronx you had harlem it's like I'm gonna be another New York rapper. Who is it gonna be though? I had no idea, but it was the baby, and he came out and did an absolutely amazing performance. Performed Suge, Rockstar, Vibes, or not Vibes, Bops, Bops, Bop, and um, he just put on a great performance. He did a stage dive into the crowd. He really kind of redeemed himself after you know his questionable performance at um Rolling Loud Miami. And um, that was really, you know, nice to see. Nice to see him went over everyone back, put on a loving show. He did open his mouth at one point. And I was like, oh, don't say something stupid. Don't say something stupid. But he did it. He did something great. And, you know, I give him credit for putting on a great show, going out there, having a lot of fun. And then 50 Cent came back out after all of them and just continued the show, continued to rock it. And, um, you know, that was the end of Thursday. Blown away by that end of 50 Cent show. 50 Cent was definitely the best show of that night. Uzi was also great. Joey Badass was great. Everyone was great. And, you know, high expectations after the first night. What can make it better? Now, Friday wasn't as, um, you know, deep as Thursday. I saw Boz from Dreamville who put on an actually great show. Has a lot of fun music, did a lot of Revenge of the Dreamers 3, did a lot of his solo stuff. Also paid tribute to DMX, some other past New York hip-hop songs. We did hip-hop, hooray. He did a lot of like stuff. He embodied the culture, and I really, really loved his show. I'm not the hugest fan of Boz, but like you, I, listen, out of all the artists that I won like respect over, he was probably the most. Like I really, I'm bumping him a little more. Now, not that my opinion critically has changed, but... I just enjoy I'm enjoying the guy's music right now. Great energy, great vibes. I really loved it. So then after that, I saw Ski Mask, The Slump God, which another guy who I panned his album this year gave it a 1.7 Sin City. And um, that was just, he was insane. Ski Mask was made to mosh. His music was made to just punch people too. And that was pretty much the whole show. I spent more time making sure that I wasn't getting killed in the mosh pits than actually like looking at Ski perform. Another like amazing show, so many bangers. It was just fucking mayhem, but in the best way possible. So now there were other Miami rappers or other Florida rappers performing that day, aka Rick Ross, who was right after Ski, but not on the main stage, on the Audio Max stage, which is right next to the main stage. 
And I'm like, okay, Ski was awesome. Also, Ski did a lot of X tributes, XXX Tentacion and Juice World, which was just, you know, sweet. The whole crowd was singing sad. It was beautiful. But yeah, so we're going over to Rick Ross. I'm like, let's go. Get to Rick Ross. He's doing Stay Scheming. He's doing Fuck With Me, You Know I Got It. So many good songs. And then he dips after like five minutes. I'm like, what? And then Wale comes out. Wale was supposed to perform during Ski Mask on the stage that Rick Ross was at. So I find out that Rick Ross and Wale switched times because Wale was late. Now, if you guys know me, I do love myself some Rick Ross. Wale, I think he kind of fell off after Ambition. I mean, he did drop an EP last year, which was all right, but nothing really mind-boggling. So I'm like, bro, what the fuck? But I'm still going to stay here, even though I'm pissed that I just, you know, got to see like six minutes of Rick Ross and not the rest of his show. I'm still going to stay here, enjoy Wale. He's a solid rapper. He's the best artist performing. Some other people I was with were like, nah, let's get water. Let's recharge, whatever. I'm like, I guess let's go, whatever. And then as I'm getting food, I hear a voice. I hear people clap. I look up. I see a red leather jacket, some dreads, and I hear an iconic nasally voice. I look up and I see from not too far, but far enough, Q-Tip is out there. And I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking Q-Tip. That's one of the greatest. I freaked out. I was like, Q-Tip, Q-Tip, Q-Tip. And I ran away from everyone I was with. They were like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And I ran as far as I could get in that Wale crowd, watched him perform for maybe three minutes. It was just beautiful to see Q-Tip out there having fun. Um, Definitely, you know, just a surreal experience to see Q-Tip out of all people. But, um, you know, I was a little pissed that I didn't stay as close as I did because I would have loved to have been there for the full effect of seeing him. But still, you know, being in the presence of one of the best rappers of all time was just amazing. So show goes on. Q-Tip goes next on that stage. Lil Yachty. Yachty? The mosh pits were all right. But being in a Lil Yachty show for, what was it, 30, 45 minutes, I realized that this guy really has not made a good album since like 2016, 2017. It's kind of embarrassing. A lot of his songs, like they, the, the ones from Lil Boat got people going, but I was just so bored when they really weren't a Lil Boat songs on. Like just a very dull show, getting bored, me and all my friends. We're like, all right, Kodak's up on the main stage. Let's dip and see Kodak. Let's see what Kodak's about. And oh my God, I have never seen a worse performance in my life. I've never seen a more careless performance in my life. Kodak Black brought absolutely no energy, nothing. The only thing that he did, which was like kind of funny, was like when he was on stage, he was doing like the dance he did in the ZZ snippet. But like, bro, what the fuck? How are you going to be, you know, like one of the big acts performing, getting all this money and literally not even care? Your your motions are just you're just moping around the stage and you're not even rapping. You're using, you know, the background vocals, which is OK if you can make up for it with energy. But you did none of that. So I was like, wow, this sucks. Like while I was standing, I was like, yo, I've literally seen like band concerts in elementary school better than this shit. This sucks. And so we're like, all right, fuck it. Let's recharge. Get ready for the craziness we're about to see of, you know, Playboy Cardi or J. Cole, which we'll get to later. But, um, you know, let's get ready. As I'm walking away, I turn around because Lockjaw is playing and he brings out a surprise guest. Out of all the surprise guests. Now, listen, every other surprise guest that came out this weekend enhanced their artist shows. Kodak Black 
brought out French Montana, bro. Like, what a blow. What a fucking blow. You bring out French Montana. How are you going to make your show worse? How do you manage to do that? By far, probably the worst set of the entire weekend. Like, just terrible. And French Montana was just the icing on the cake, or the salt in the wound, actually, is a better analogy. So that's the end of Kodak. I, I, I'm just distasted. I, I'm just, I don't want to think about Kodak anymore. I'm honestly just so over him. You have bangers like No Flock and Tunnel Vision, Roll in Peace, and you managed to make all of that suck. So, moving on, we have now, like, the end of the night is just constant action. So, there was three artists pretty much all performing at conflicting times. Chief Keef was starting at 8.35. Playboy Cardi was starting at 9 o'clock. And Cole was starting at 8.55. So three of the best artists there were literally all performing at the same time. And I, we had to make the choice. Chief Keef, we were going to go to early at 8.35. But then he didn't show up. So we didn't end up going at all. Then we had to choose between Cardi and Cole. Which, you know, I think Cardi's better, but I mean, Cole is the headliner at the end of the day. How are you not going to see Cole? It was a tough decision, but um, I have a lot of vamp friends. And I mean, I do enjoy Cardi's music a little more than Cole's, although the offseason is one of my favorite albums of this year. We decided to go to Cardi. Now, before Cardi on that stage that he was on, Trippy Red performed. And now again, I was joking around, Trippy Red, I have panned his last albums. I gave his album a one, I gave Pegasus a two, I gave Neon Shark a one, and then I gave Trip at Night a 4.8, but I gave it a good 4.8. I think it was just a fun but messy and overall, you know, unrefined album. But Trippy put on one of the best shows of the entire festival. Great voice. Trippy has such a beautiful voice. He sung beautifully the entire time. There were just so many great moments. He brought out Ski Mask to do Fuck Love, which, you know, obviously was his song with XXX. Such great moments. There were just so many fun songs he did. Trippy Red has a lot of bangers. And, um, you know, being there, I realized you know, how much better he is than some of the other trap artists that are in that same tier there. But, um, you know, Trippy put on a great show. And now it starts pouring rain. We're waiting for Cardi in the rain. We got super close. We were like, maybe there was like 100 people in front of us. Like we were really close to the front. And, you know, to the right, we're looking at J. Cole popping on stage. Everyone's having a good time with J. Cole. I'm like, bro, if Playboy Cardi doesn't come out, I'm going to cry. I, I didn't just like miss Playboy Cardi. I miss J. Cole because I invested in seeing Playboy Cardi. I was also like, if J. Cole brings out an insane special guest, I'm also going to be pissed. He ended up bringing out Boz, who I saw earlier. Not really a surprise that he brought him out. And then he ended up bringing out Big Sean, which is a pretty cool surprise guest, but nothing that I'm going to be losing sleep over. So we are waiting now for Cardi. It is pouring rain. I got my jacket on and I'm still getting soaked. That's how fucking, you know, that's how much downpouring it was. And then finally, you hear the intro to Rockstar made. Cardi comes out screaming, full vamp. And I have never seen a crazier show up to this point. It was just absolute fucking chaotic fun. Cardi is one of the best live performers in the world right now. I recommend seeing his tour. I may actually go back and see him again, potentially, because that's how good he was. But I mean, it was just so much fun. We were jumping around, screaming, you know, all the fucking songs. He actually came out to Stop Breathing, excuse me. I think I said Rockstar Made, but he came out to Stop Breathing. And we were just going crazy, going berserk. It was so much fun. Now, Cardi didn't rap a lot of the words of his songs. He had, you know, the vocals playing. But what made it so fun, there was two things that made it, three things really that made it great. The rain, but that wasn't, that wasn't planned, obviously. I mean, you know, Cardi can't control the weather. 
but the lightning on the show was amazing. He did a lot of like laser beam esque things, which kind of like created a portal around him a lot of the times. And it's just so completely fucking sick. The lights change from red to blue. It was awesome. And then also Cardi's just screams. This I've never seen someone who has cooler screams than Playboy Cardi. I'm just gonna you know be completely honest. This guy's screams are the craziest, most exciting things I have literally ever heard. Like it's just fucking sick. This guy was absolutely amazing worth every bit of rain worth my friend who got his chain snatched i draw i lost my wallet during sky and somehow found it on the ground miraculously but i mean it was just insane playbook cardi was so much funny also did bring out little uzi for shooter and um pretty much the entire set he did a lot of whole lot of red he did pretty much all whole lot of red and then he did off the grid which was insane and then he did shooter with uzi and that was nice uzi and cardi had their moment they hugged it was just a great show. He also, the introductions to his songs were crazy. He had these extended intros, which were just so organic, so pure. And they added so much to the buildup of the songs, which really were, you know, some of the craziest parts of the entire show. And then he had a live guitar player out there on stage with him who was absolutely amazing. Whoever it was, I'm not sure the name. Sorry about that. But this guy was fucking great. The live musicians are really like, one of the big factors of what made a lot of these sets so good. Like a lot of the best sets did have live musicians. It really did make a difference. So I missed Cole, went to Cardi, 100% would do it again. It was 100% worth it. Although I am upset that I did miss Cole. I was really excited to see him this year. The off season has been one of my favorite albums of the year, as I said. So it was a little disappointing, but now we're going into the final day, Saturday. And my two favorite artists at the entire festival are performing this day. Griselda, West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher, Conway, and then Travis Scott. So, like, I am pumped. I'm absolutely pumped. Now, I wanted to get some merch today, so I decided to go into the merch line pretty much as soon as I got there. I watched City Moore perform, ate a little food, and then I was like, all right, let me go into this merch line. <sighs> now, I will say it wasn't the worst thing because I was able to hear both the Audio Mac stage and the D-Lon stage at certain points from where I was. So I got to see Action Bronson's entire set, which was absolutely amazing. So Action Bronson's so awesome. Another guy that I just would love to be friends with. Such a cool person. So funny, so charismatic. But um, I waited on this merch line for literally two hours. Pretty much to put it in perspective, my friends saw... 504, who was also doing Bronson. I wanted to see Bronson, so I wasn't mad about that. But then they saw ASAP Ferg, who had a live band, and I was able to hear the really lit parts of ASAP Ferg, so I wasn't really that mad. I was still kind of annoyed because I wanted to be in there. And um, they saw um, Lil TJ, who, again, an artist who I've panned, gave his last album a 3.5, but still had a really great set from what I heard from the line. But um, I waited two hours on this line, and I was pissed about it. But the thing is, I was already like, in, I already invested like 30 minutes. And I was like, all right, I've invested time in his. I'm not fucking leaving. Fuck it. As long as I make it for the final three acts, which were Roddy, Rich, Griselda, and Travis, I'll be content. And I did. I barely made it to Roddy Rich. And Roddy Rich had an amazing set. Roddy Rich, he performed, you know, a lot of his hits. I didn't realize how many hits Roddy has. Roddy is really fucking good. He's going to get an artist overview soon, by the way, because I got it, you know reevaluate this man's catalog although i mean i've always had a really you know positive opinion about his music i just gotta re-dive into it before you know i really conform a nice thought about him but he was just so fun so charismatic had a live you know he had a live drum live guitar he was performing he had a floating not a floating stage but an elevated stage that had a platform he was just great he was so much fun he had bangers like you know um 
He's had bangers. And then he had, um, what's it called? He had the chill songs, high fashion, balling. Like, it was just a smooth but hard show. It was awesome. And then he got cut off before he could do the box, which, I mean, obviously is his flagship song. So it's like, waiting for Roddy to do the box. I'm like, you know, I'm joking around because, again, I'm a ball buster. I'm like, do the box. Do the box. And, like, everyone's laughing because, you know, it's the box. It's kind of like a little bit of a meme, but it is a great song. He gets cut off before he can do the box. He was not happy. He was, you know, what the hell happened? What's going on? He got whatever the sound engineer to turn the stage back on after his set time ran out. Everyone is walking away from Roddy Rich at this point. He comes back out. All you hear is the mic and the band start playing. You're going at the coop, but the lock, and everyone turns around, runs back to the stage, and starts turning up to the box. Great finale to a great show. And then Roddy did end up the show with a little bit of a joke, but a little serious in tone. He did say, Rolling Loud, this may be the last time you ever see me, but I love y'all. And um, that really, you know, really sent great vibes overall. And now we're gearing up for the final two acts of the night. I also did hear some other guys during this time. Sheck West was performing. He did a great job. He did a great job holding some energy. Saw Chef G, who was another guy who did some great energy, had some great energy, although his music is, you know, whatever. Or was Sleepy Hollow. I don't even know the fucking different. No, it was, it's the one who has the album with the chicken wing sample. This is a little, uh, listen, New York drill is just gotten so repetitive. Can't, you can't shit on me for the sleep. It was sleepy hollow, but, um, you know, I should have known that whatever. And, um, so, okay, we're gearing up now for the finale, getting up to Griselda. Now Griselda's first lady, Armani Caesar opens up. She's a fucking stunner, bro. She raps so smoothly. Great opener. Now they did cut her off, which she was pissed about. And West Side Gun did call out the sound engineer who did that later on when he came out. But Griselda came out to Dr. Birds, all rapping their verses. It was sick. West Side came out and like seeing West Side Gun in person, like just did not feel real. The chains, the lust, he just has a burrado that nobody else that I saw had. Then seeing Conway and Benny was the same thing. Now, Conway came out, everyone went crazy. And then Benny, who's obviously the most popular of Griselda, everyone went fucking crazy for. They started out doing some What Would Sheen Gun Do songs. Then they went into some of their solo work. Conway performed a lot of La Machina and then did um, Fear of God from, from King to a God. Benny the Butcher did 5 to 50. He did Doe and Damani. He did, um, what else did he do? He did One Way Flight. Then he ended with Legend. It was a great set from him. Then Westside really did not perform a lot of solo stuff. I think he only did Elizabeth off um, Supreme Blind Tell. But overall, I mean, they could have done literally anything. They have so much great music, but they put on a great show. And now the little conflict here was that Griselda ended at nine and Travis Scott started at nine. So literally at like 8.59 with 8.59.30, like I, I, had this shit down to a science. I wanted to see the most of Griselda and be there for the start of Travis Scott. So I ran from when Griselda ended. I sprinted all the way to Travis, made it for the start at the perfect time, danced all my way, moshed all my way to the front. Now, listen, for a little um, cheat code that one of my buddies taught me, pretty much what you do, mosh pits open up, just dance and run through them and keep doing it because you will get to the front. Now, Travis was insane. Best 
for last. Like really, they saved the best for last. I mean, this guy came out, he had mountains on, you know, he, had, he was floating. He had a platform he was floating on, came down from it, played so many great songs, started off, you know, back in um, the Astro World where we were waiting for Astro World during that era. He used to play a track that um, pretty, was stargazing, but no one knew what it was back then. And he kind of did the same thing. He played what I think will be the intro of Utopia, which was a really nice banger. It's just so many cool graphics, though, cool effects. Travis's energy is insane. And then, you know, he went into um, Astro World, did Stargazing, did Carousel, did Sicko Mode. Then he did a lot of other stuff. He did Upper Echelon. He did the Scots, did some of um, Jack Boys, did Highest in the Room, did Out West. He did Gotti, which was, you know, obviously a tribute to the King of New York, Pop Smoke. And that was insane because, again, New York, if you're not from New York, you probably won't be able to understand it. But Pop Smoke just has a certain presence that it brings out in everyone. And everyone starts going crazy, rapping all the words. Everyone's going fucking berserk, doing the woo walks and the mosh pits. It was just a great vibe. Now, Travis did play another unreleased song, which, you know, everyone was moshing so hard. Another funny thing that happened, actually, was two kids were trying to get on stage. They got jumped by the bouncers. Travis yelled at the bouncers brought them up on stage, had them jump off when the beat drop of Upper Echelon came on. Awesome moment, amazing moment. But then, you know, everyone was moshing so hard. People were getting trampled. Travis knows how to control the show. He doesn't just go, you know, constant craziness. He slowed it down, which was, you know, a great as a performer, as someone who's, you know, very critical, very observant, beautiful job of, you know, controlling the crowd, letting everyone calm down for what was going to be a even better finale to a crazy start. And, you know, he plays some little slow cuts. He plays some deep cuts. So he comes in, goes, hey, I'm going to play some unreleased shit for you. He plays a song which was um played at like a Dior show or something. And it's a song with James Blake and West Side Gun. And he's rapping his ass off. I thought he was going to bring out West Side Gun because West Side obviously just performed. And I mean, you know, this song has him on it. I've heard the song before. And this song is so good. At first when I heard it, I was like, eh. But it just sounds so beautiful to me now. I am so excited. I don't know if this is going to drop on Utopia or Dystopia, which is another project Travis has hinted at dropping, but this song is amazing. And then, you know, he did some other slow cuts, Skeletons, another absolutely beautiful song. He did 90210, but not the second half, which was a little annoying, but great nonetheless. And then, you know, we geared up for that finale. This is where he played Goosebumps. He did... um. What else did he play in this? I'm trying to think of what he played. I can't really think. He did like some other interesting tracks like Love Galore with SZA. There was a lot of stuff he played. And I mean, this guy is just nuts. Like I have never seen a performer. Like my favorite part about the Travis show was that he was having so much fun with it. Like seeing a guy so passionate about his craft, so passionate about just having fun, giving the fans something, you know, to enjoy, to cherish like that as a hip hop fan, as a person, even like that just makes me happy. So Travis ended on goosebumps and everyone was going crazy, beautiful ending. And then, you know, he plugged Astro World Fest, which if you're in Texas, definitely check out great lineup, Travis, Thug, some interesting picks like earth, wind and fire. Like you got to check that out if you're around the area, but, um, yeah, so ended out on the literally the best show, best for last. Uh, this experience was amazing, worth every dollar I spent. You can't put a price on fun. That is one thing I will always abide by. And um, yeah, I definitely recommend going if you can, whether you know you're in the area, whenever the next festival is that you can go to, definitely try to. Now, some of my favorite acts, which I definitely, you know, look out for live performances from Travis Scott, obviously, Playboy Cardi. Lil Uzi, Griselda, Joey Badass, Jack Harlow, 50 Cent, 
all great guys and you know action bronson even there was just so many literally everybody but kodak was amazing that's the thing i'll say now overall like this is honestly one of the best experiences i've ever had not just as a music fan like as a person you know i've been to a lot of you know sporting events other conventions but this was just different this was absolutely amazing so um, yeah, that's my Rolling Loud experience. If I'm going to give you a critical rating because you know I have the burning need to review everything, I'm going to be giving this a 9.4 out of 10. Like this was pretty much a near perfect experience. A couple things, you know, between the conflicting set times, the merch line, got to deduct some points. The extremely high prices, although I said you can't put a price on fun, still can get a little mad at the prices. Going to give it a 9.4. Can't go perfect. Can't be too critical. But this was just amazing. Now, I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing me sum up this experience um if you were there if you have any other crazy concert stories drop them in the comments if you're on youtube if you're on spotify or apple music just dm me on instagram i'll be posting them i'll probably have a question box up because i always fucking do so just you know drop it in there and um, i'll definitely be sure to answer and talk about it be sure to um let me know what you want me to cover in these upcoming episodes of the fantastic hip-hop podcast i'm so excited to be back here hope you guys enjoyed this really it means a lot your guys support means everything so um yeah listen be sure to follow us if you're on streaming services subscribe to our youtube channel do whatever you can to support i love all you guys so much thanks for all the support we are going to keep pumping out content on literally every medium this is the fantastic hip-hop takeover mr fantastic signing out have a great day peace